Zimbraconda is a proud supporter of Wisconsin Badger Athletics. If you're looking to purchase, finance, or service a new or pre-owned Honda, buy local. Part of the Madison community since 1973, Zimbraconda's customer service is second to none. Experience it today for yourself. Shop local. Shop Zimbraconda. that prevents us from playing this man's call of Chucky Hepburn's game winner last night. I did share it on Twitter, so you can check it out there. We love him. Even when he agrees with Tausch on things, which I love him a tiny little bit less when that occurs. But he's the GOAT. We're doing our Goats and Wednesdays of greatest of all time Wisconsin shots. It could be Marquette. It could be the Bucks. We've got some great ones so far. But let's go to another expert who has called many of them in Wisconsin men's basketball history. It is our friend and the father that he never wanted to be to Jesse Nelson. It is Matt LePay on Wilde and Tausch. Matt, good morning. How are you, pal? I'm doing well. Good to be on with you. I, apparently, I need to read a story about my son, too, with his bowling announcing expertise. No, you don't. Uh, I've got a, got a little catching up to do in my uh, in my reading about my son. If uh, if you could read it, Pops, and then let me know uh, what it says, because I haven't read the whole thing yet. That'd be great, so thank you. Actually, just... Jesse has two requests, Matt. One, he'd like you to read it to him so he can enjoy your voice as you read it. And then two, he's wondering if you want to do a job swap because he's got the bowling championships and you've got the game against Nebraska. He's wondering if maybe you guys want to want to trade spots. Uh, yeah, we might talk possible. about that. We can talk about that. Then, uh, do you really believe Jesse? We say hasn't read the whole story yet. I mean, that's that's that false modesty thing. H- hasn't like, read it no, for I a fourth have, time. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so Matt, your call was uh, exquisite last night, and and it was back and forth. I don't, I don't want to get too far into the X's and O's of broadcasting. I I leave that to Jesse because he's the expert on our panel. But what was it like for you as that unfolded? A game tying bucket. And then the game winner with 1.2 slash 1.5 left. Take us through through your eyes those last nine seconds. Yeah, it was. Uh, those are the tricky ones where it's you know boom boom one end of the floor to the other. Uh, you know sometimes you get a time out there and you can regroup and it's a truly a one possession at a time. But as a as a fan, I love it when it's like this. You just you play through. I know Greg Guard mentioned it after the game. Uh, you didn't want to call a timeout there. You just wanted to get on with it. You put the ball in your in a playmaker's hands like Chucky Hepburn, and maybe Purdue doesn't get its defense set the way it would in a timeout. But you just have to, you know, as a, as a broadcaster, you have to tell yourself to stay with it and describe what you see. I mean, it was a 
it was a, a fairly frantic sequence, but the fact that there was still 8.9, whatever, when, when Jaden Ivey made his shot, so there was still time to dribble it up the floor and just and you you stay with it. And I'm watching the clock, watching Chucky, watching the clock. And I've got to tell you from our angle, which was courtside just to the right of where Jason Benetti and Robbie Hummel were with the ESPN crew, when the shot was released, I thought, no freaking chance. <laughs> this is going to overtime. And and then when it you know, like when he when he banked it in it was you know, you feel like saying a lot of things, most of which would probably get you a fine. Um, you know, I'd go barstool big cat or something like that. But uh, it was it was awesome. It was just uh, you don't get many like that. What's been interesting with this team this season, all the close games that it's had, it hasn't had one come down to a shot like this, a buzzer beater or with a second and a half left. Um, it was it was just pretty awesome to watch. So, Matt, you've had, there's been a ton of close games. What makes this team so special in the fact they're able to find ways to win all these games, even without having to have a ton of heroics like we saw last night? Yeah, it's been, they're they're defying all the metrics, right? Not a good shooting team. At times, defensively, they can be pretty leaky, but they... Those guys, to a player, will tell you what they were able to do in Las Vegas in the, in the tournament, which was going to be in Maui. They shifted it to Las Vegas. And the way they won those games, they got behind by 16 early to Texas A&M and actually led by one at the half and to beat a Houston team that was really good and was at full strength when they played them. And then the St. Mary's game, they knew that was going to be a tough opponent. St. Mary's just beat Gonzaga last weekend. And I just think in those tight spots, they they gained a lot of confidence being able to make the winning plays, make the shot when they had to, get the stop when they had to, make clutch free throws. Now, obviously, when you have one of the best players in the country, that goes a long way. And, and Johnny Davis really got on the radar nationally with what he did out there. But I think as the year has gone on, this team has proven an ability to win games when Johnny isn't at his best. Or last week when he fouled out, when the game was tied with two and a half minutes left, they just have a confidence and a calmness to them to be able to to make these plays. I mean, there's there's got to be a little luck involved, too. I mean, I'm not that naive you know i don't don't know if they called bank on either of those shots late from from johnny davis or with chucky but you still have to do so many other things right and and there's just such great awareness with these guys the shot clock's winding down but they know where they are they know where the clock is to be able to make those plays um you've got a few veterans there but it never hurts to have a freshman like chucky hepburn who plays like a fifth-year senior with his calmness in these pretty uncomfortable situations. So, Matt, was last night the best environment you've seen at the Kohl Center in all of your, what is it, 34 years you've been doing this? Is that is that right? That doesn't seem like that could be right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm only 40, too, so I started early. That, that was, yeah, the weird. best Kohl Center. Yeah, yeah, best Kohl Center environment. It, it rivaled. The only thing I could, when I was walking into the arena uh, last night, I mean, they've had a lot of really big games, right? They they beat an unbeaten Ohio State game in 2011. Jordan Taylor went off in the second half. They beat Duke in 09, and there have been a, other games. But I think given the stakes and the high quality of both teams when uh, it was Bo's second year 
when they beat Illinois by a point, Devin Harris made a free throw that won the game for Wisconsin in the last second. Um, and there was a court storming. They won the league title. Um, that was That's the one, I think, that is probably the closest to last night. But I, to me, last night was the best. I mean, the students were there an hour plus before tip. I mean, filling, I mean, even the crappy seats, even, you know, they, the, all three levels, they were, they were there. Um, and it just had a vibe. I mean, my ears are still kind of ringing this morning. That was you know, the field house days. I had that happen. Uh, you know, when they got, when they got things rolling a little bit and, and really got the, the program on more of a national platform, um, but, I mean, we all know the Kohl Center isn't known for a raucous environment. Last night it was. I would put last night. It was first the best regular season Badger game that I've been around in my 34 years. But for the Kohl Center crowd, that was, that was at the top last night. So in the 34 years, and we're, uh, since you made the, um, the fatal mistake of being a guest on Wilde and Tausch, of telling Jesse you don't have a hard out, so you will be coming back for a second segment. Uh, we'll, we'll give you the commercial break to go through your mental Rolodex of those 34 years for all of your favorite game-winning or big shots because we've come up with a lot, but I'm sure we've forgotten a few, and I don't want to put you on the spot. So we'll do that coming up since you've already committed to that. Um, so before we get to that, a couple of things about this year's team that I want to ask you, and, and I want to start with... Look, we on this show are big on acknowledging our biases, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's about the quarterback or or about you. Look, if you had a moment where you said, it is good, no, he missed it, we would let that slide. Whereas with Paul <laughs> Allen, we'd give him a hard time about it. Um, so <laughs> with that bias rule for us, we like, Gardo on this show. We like Greg Gard. Uh, I was not real thrilled with whoever or however it came about, that audio getting leaked a year ago of that meeting that he had with his team. I have been so impressed with someone who has gone from that moment to being, in our biased opinion, the National Coach of the Year. The way he's handled that, the adjustments he made to his approach with his guys, all that stuff. What have you seen from Greg Gard that has either been consistent of everything you've known about him for as long as you've known him, or maybe slightly different this season because he has been and his team has been phenomenal? Yeah, well, I mean, the Greg Gard who I've known for 20 years, it's been very consistent. Um, I mean, we have a great relationship um, it, it, that has that has never wavered not last year not in 2018 when they you know they had the one year where they really struggled here with you know injuries and everything that could have gone wrong did um he's been extraordinarily consistent and a genuinely great human being um i mean i I, maybe I am biased, but you know I, I work with him in a professional role, but I consider him a friend. Maybe, maybe players are seeing a little more of that. Um, I mean, I, I, I've never viewed him as the yeller and screamer type, um, but you know whatever drama may have unfolded last year, um, I, I think 
maybe players are seeing more of that genuinely great guy mm-hmm. with, with Greg. And, and I, I would tell you, there are certain examples during the season, and there was one, it was several weeks ago now, and I can't even remember who they were playing, um, but it was Tyler Wall, I think, trying a behind-the-back pass that whistled out of bounds. And he stayed in the game. <laughs> I mean, if it was Bo <laughs> or, you know, with Greg before, that was a ticket to a chair real quick for a few minutes. And that, that was, to me, I was like, oh, okay. That's a pretty black and white difference <laughs> from what we've seen. But, uh, like I said, I, I don't think, you know, Greg Gard is not, was not trying to be the next Bob Knight, uh, you know, with the yelling and screaming. But I, I think maybe there's just – they opened up and perhaps the players are seeing more of that great guy that you guys have gotten to know that, that I've gotten to know. And you could just, you know, I would watch these guys over the summer a handful of times in their workouts. And there was just, there was a completely different vibe. And that's not to say anything derogatory about the last group. Cause I, I, I like all those guys. Um, but I think this year you had a lot of fresh faces who were trying to earn minutes and they just, whatever existed last year, you would have never known it because these guys were eager for a fresh start and to carve their own niche. Yeah, and Matt, I don't know about you, but I, I'm i impressed with Brad Davidson, too, because I think last year when everything kind of came to an end and you know the tape that Jason was just talking about, I think everybody was kind of like, let's just get a complete fresh start. And for Brad Davidson to say, I'm going to come back and give this another run, that resiliency, I think he has earned a lot. I think Badger fans have always respected how hard he plays, but I think this year with kind of that leadership and everything that he's done, it almost feels like he's re-earned all of that goodwill that he had as a freshman. Am, am I crazy to think that? No, I think, I think it's spot on because I, I was talking to the coaches about that uh, again a while ago, and they describe what Brad is doing is leading from the back because everybody knows who the best player is in Johnny Davis and the emergence of Tyler Wall and what Chucky has done. And Brad has obviously had a, a lot of really big moments again this season with you know big shots, big plays on the defensive end. But I, I think what is – what should have been obvious all along, but is even more clear now, is how much it means to him to win a game. Uh, you know, and I think all these guys are like that. It's not just about can I get mine. It's can you win the game. And it, it, with Brad over the summer, he wanted that. He wanted that one more lap in full arenas, either for him or he said he missed it against him. And you could tell that he thrives on that one way or the other, the Cole Center crowd or or the opposing venues where they're calling him probably everything but a human being. But he missed that last year. So he really wanted to sow or wants to, obviously not done yet, wants to soak in every minute of the college athlete experience. As corny as that might sound, I think it really applies with Brad, and it shows. Um, his teammates, I think, view him as genuine, and they view him as a guy who's tough as nails. And you're right. I think that the leadership ability that, that he has has been on full display while he fully understands who the best player on the team is and the contributions that other guys make. He is perfectly comfortable with letting those guys do their thing and helping the team win. 
We'll spend some more time with the voice of Wisconsin athletics, Matt LePay. I don't think we'll get to the Juwan Howard story because I've seen Matt LePay almost get into a similar fisticuffs on the sideline of an NCAA tournament game uh, oh, alongside his really? radio sidekick, and I thought Tom oh. Oates would be the peacemaker. But we won't get into that. What we will get into are the biggest shots he's called. And I want to talk a little bit about Chucky Hepburn and and the the – the fact that this guy, it's hard to remember that he is a freshman when you watch him play. And I also want to talk a little bit about Johnny Davis, not that we haven't talked about him a lot over the last several weeks. More with Matt LaPay on Wilde and Tausch. Stick around. This is Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Sponsored by American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com. Sports announcers, but you didn't get a story written about him on the 11 frame.com. All right. <laughs> All right, Matt. Uh, before we get to the big shots, two things. One, uh, I have a fifth grade point guard in my house, and I recorded last night's game on some of the advice of our Badgers outsider, Derek Blakesley, who was extolling the virtues of Chucky Hepburn. Look, you've seen a lot of players come through, you've seen a lot of freshmen who have come through and had a play right away. What have your impressions been of him long before he hit the bank is open on Tuesday night game winner last night? Because he just, he seems, for me, and this is what I want Sydney to take from it, he just seems always in control, even when the situation may feel like it could get out of control. Yeah, he does. That's the thing. He's a freshman who plays like somebody a lot older. Uh, but he just never showed any sign of being overwhelmed by anything you know what he does defensively that became pretty evident right away or close to right away with with chucky now look he was you know great guard made it pretty clear that he was going to get the keys to the car here i mean they needed him to be their their point guard this season but still I, he's been better than what i think greg would tell you this he's been better than what they thought he would be at this point point of his career which is just starting you know he's got the strength um you know it's been great to see him hunt the shot a little bit more i think they've been you know trying to get him to do that but really good distributor has he has the strength he can play through some contact when he needs to and then it, it is interesting because even last night on this you know on the, the the deal we did after the game on the stage you know he he's just hit the you know, the shot of his life, I would think, to this to this point, and pretty calm up there. And he he's been like that in post game settings. I remember talking to him after the game down at Purdue, and just really level and in control. And it, you got to think too, or or we can only try to imagine what this last month and a half or so has been like for him too. I mean, he lost a dear friend. Right. who was shot and killed uh, outside of Omaha. Uh, the week that Wisconsin was going down there to, to play Nebraska and Lincoln. So, I mean, there's all of this, you know, being a college athlete and everything that goes with it. 
and he's lost someone he will forever consider a brother. And he presses on. I think that's a great credit to his teammates, obviously to Chucky's family, of course, but to his his teammates here with, with the Badgers and, and just you know making sure they're there to support him. Um, I mean, I, I can't imagine what, what that's been like for him. And, and yet to perform at the level he does and never, never be afraid of the moment on a basketball court. Um, and he, he says a lot of that comes from his friend. You know, just have no fear on the basketball court. And it's something that he takes with him to this day and will probably take with him forever. And then on, on Johnny Davis, uh, you know, Tausch and I both underestimated this team. Obviously, the preseason predictions of 10th place in the conference underestimated them. I'm wondering how much of it is just that we all didn't realize how good Johnny Davis was going to be. When did you really start to think, okay, this guy is even more special than I thought? And... Like the end of the game at Minnesota, how important is it that this team also has the ability that if a team is taking him away a little bit or fouls in that case took him off the floor at the end of the game, that they have other guys like Wall that can come through for them in the clutch? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, the first Nebraska game, he wasn't great, and others picked him up. You know, you get a little bit more here. You get a little bit more there. Brad Davison had a big game shooting the ball. Um, you know, they have had other games like that. He scored, was it, four points in the Penn State game. I mean, that was uh, I mean, that was the, the grinder, right? I, but they, they still found a way to win. We saw flashes of it last year, I think, given the all the veterans on that team. You know, he, he came off the bench. He played, you know, a lot of minutes, but he wasn't in the starting lineup. But you could see a few flashes where, like, oh, this guy's a little bit different. But... I don't know of anybody who thought he would explode onto the scene like he has this year. And again, I go back to Vegas, those games there where he just, he took over when, when he had to. And I remember talking with Greg after or maybe the Houston game. And he said, look, I'm not overcooking this. And you get into certain situations and you say, Johnny, what do you like? You know, well, what's set up on the floor? One for flat, you want a high ball screen or, you know, whatever other jargon. But you just, you, you get the feedback from him, what makes you most comfortable. And you get the ball in the hands of your best players at, at, at certain points. And they haven't tried to reinvent the wheel. But the Vegas, the Vegas tournament, I think it opened everybody's eyes, not just those of us who are around the team all the time, but... Uh, on the national stage as well, there were there was a lot of basketball going on in that town, a lot of different tournaments. So you had, you know, a lot of the national writers. Uh, obviously, Billis was working the games games at for ESPN. Um, never hurts, and whatever secret there was about Johnny, it got out by by the late November when they played those games in Las Vegas. Yeah, Matt, how much do you think Johnny, just the confidence that he gained by doing all that Olympic stuff this summer? Uh, because, yeah, he was a good player last year, but the jump that he's taken, how much of that does he attribute back to that Olympic experience? Yeah, qu- yeah, quite a bit. You know, just being around great players and knowing that he was considered good enough to be a part of that team, I think that gave him a big boost. He got, I know he's talked about it, Greg as well, he got stronger. He was able to, you know, this 
lower last summer they were actually able to have an off-season program everything was disjointed as we all know in 20 in the summer of 2020 and he was able to you know become physically stronger i think he's deceivingly strong he, he may not look quite as chiseled as some others but he's really wiry and he's got a demeanor about him that you know he, he doesn't back down from anybody and he's going to get his share of 50-50 balls. So I think it was a combination of a lot of things, but being on, on that on Team USA, I think went a long way in boosting his confidence. All right, Matt. Uh, I don't know when Johnny Davis will have his Jimmy Chitwood moment where Gardo looks at him and says, what do you like? And he says, I'll make it, whatever it is. But that is part of the big shots. Maybe that one's coming from him in an NCAA tournament game coming up. But as you go through your memories, and and we put together, or I did, and I finally have it completed, a small compilation of big shots made uh, during those 43, 43 years that you've been, what was that, 40, 34? Oh, come on, man. Uh, come on, man. 34. Take it uh, easy. <laughs> uh, you've been calling these games. What what are in kind of, I, I, what what are on your Mount Rushmore? I don't want you to have to pick uh, one, but what are some of the ones that are the most near and dear to you? Uh, Sam Decker's step back three that snapped their tie with Kentucky in the uh, national mm-hmm. semifinal game. About a minute uh, left Bron- in that there, right? There's Thereabouts, still- yeah, a minute and change. And, um, uh, you know, more, you know, even more recent than that, Bronson Koenig's three to beat Xavier, the buzzer beater. And that got him into the Sweet 16. Um, one that I, people somehow don't bring up very often, but for me, it's pretty close to the top. Freddie Owens. Yes. Hit a three. And, I mean, and the difference that I tell people in that game, you know, as opposed to breaking a tie, if Freddie misses that shot, they're done. Yes. I mean, they're down two. So you know, you make it, you advance. You miss it, you go home. And that capped a great comeback. It was a great assist from Devin Harris. That makes it. Um, I guess I'm doing a lot of tournament stuff here. Trayvon Hughes, uh, big shot in the in the paint, a spinning shot in the, in the paint that uh, allowed them to beat Florida State in, in the first round of the tournament out in out in Boise. Um, those are all postseason. Uh, but those those are the ones I, I guess that that come to mind. You know, just just right away with the, with best shots. But last night was that was pretty good too. <laughs> Big Ten championships do mean a lot. I know a lot of folks are pretty casual college basketball fans. They they'll pay attention, you know, in the in March Madness. But if if you're around it all the time, and all you had to do was be there, watch, listen, whatever last night, and you got an idea how much a conference championship means too. Yeah, I'm still bitter about Chris Chioza because I really wish that showy one was on the list. That's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Tausch, you had uh, you had one that that Matt didn't get to call, and that was Christian Leitner, <laughs> which I didn't realize counted in our Wisconsin list from earlier today. Uh, any of those that Matt mentioned that you're now going to put, you're going to say Sam Decker if I remember correctly, right? That yeah, no, I said one. because of the magnitude of the moment that Sam Decker's shot was your 
pardon my Wayne Larivism, that dagger, that was the play. But there's, I think we get a little jaded, and you just Matt just went through four or five great shots in Wisconsin history. The fact that we hadn't won a national championship, it's kind of the same argument that you get with the Packers with only two, blah, blah, blah. There have been so many fantastic moments in Badger basketball history, and that's just the small list of some of the shots that Matt in his 34 years have gotten. But, Matt, you've done all that great stuff. You've never called bowling. And it's just not going to be bowling weekend if Jesse Nelson doesn't get you to critique something of his so that he can improve his craft. Hopefully harshly. <laughs> what do you got? No, normally we wait to do this until after, but we're ahead of the game this time around. So here's a clip from last year. And, and Matt, Pops, being the, the expert you are, I just wanted to help you get, you know, this is like my preseason here. Got to make sure we're in midseason form for the championships on Sunday. <laughs> Lindsey Pudwell, eighth frame. Sheboygan came into this game with a 24-pin lead in the championship match. Outside, comes back late, and knocks the ball. Oh, wow. Pow! How did that go down? Lindsey Pudwill doubles it up for Sheboygan. Oh, man. What do we think? Huh? We good? Yeah, that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Good little setup there, Jesse. Uh, you know, you, 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 the, your analyst kind of walked over you a little bit, but you played through that. That's okay. Very right. used to that. Very well done. I'm very proud of you, son. That's, that's, that's good work. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. The enthusiasm is what got you on that, right? It wasn't the fact that Pudwell hit that 10-pin or whatever Pudwell did. The enthusiasm from Jesse is what sells it, right? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, that's what, it's what uh, Jesse knows this. You have to give the, uh, the consumer the impression there's no place he would rather be. And uh, you sold it. Uh, that's, no, wonder, no wonder people are writing about you now. Uh, just don't forget about us. That's all. That's all I can say, Jesse. Don't forget about us. Yep. So the, uh, the the website Sunday is bowlstreamtv.com, uh, Matt. If we can get jumbotron at the Cole Center as people are walking in, I think I think there's a spot there. Uh, this could work out pretty well. Can we make that happen? I know you I'll get. I'll get. I'll get in touch with Big Cat, and he'll uh, he'll get everything everybody riled up. And uh, sure, yeah, anything I can do to help. Uh, had you gone to the game yesterday with your chest painted, as we asked you to, Jesse, maybe Matt would be a little more inclined to assist. Uh, Matt, we once closed a conversation with Brett Favre on this program with him telling us, love you guys, to which we didn't know what to say. I love so you I guys. I will say this to you, and you don't have to say you don't have to say it back because we don't say it back around here to Brett, but we love you, buddy, and we appreciate you always making time for us. Thanks. Anytime, guys. Take care. Love you, brothers. Talk to you down the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is the great Matt LaPay. We will kick off the 11 o'clock hour in two minutes, so stick around. It's Will D. Tepsch.